My name is Askia, and I just want to welcome you to the Element Podcast. The Element Podcast is my opportunity to be able to sit down with people that I adore, capture them in their element, and sit down for a conversation to dig a little bit deeper in hopes that you can maybe take something away uh, for better and improvement of, of your life. And so uh, today for this first episode, we have my homeboy, Dalton Davis. I've known Dalton since first day of kindergarten. We met on the basketball court and have been have been homies ever since. And so I'm really excited for you to check this out. So I want you to sit back, throw your headphones on, relax, and check out Dalton and his element. bro so we uh we made it mm-hmm. we're present um like right so for the folks if you want to go ahead and uh introduce yourself say what's up take it take it from the beginning from the beginning, from the beginning of time um dalton davis born and raised in phoenix arizona mm-hmm. grew up in awatuki biggest cul-de-sac in the world mm-hmm Haven't haven't moved far from there. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. We've known each other since, what, day one of kindergarten? Mm Mm-hmm. Age five. The playground. Yep. So what is that? 19 years now? Is it? (laughs) Dude, that's crazy to say. I don't think I've ever... No. I don't think I've ever said... Yeah, that's a long time, bro. That is. That's very weird to say out loud. And that's... uh, I, I think that's valuable, right? Like, obviously a day one homie. Yeah. Um, and so I've seen you go through seasons. Um, I've seen you <laughs> go through. Um, you know, we got we have plenty of high school memories, college memories, everything, right? Um, the people just saw, you know, your element piece. What um what was that, right? Was How would you describe way it? Way cooler than I do on an average basis, <laughs> <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah. Um, uh, but cars, right? Yeah. Where where does that begin? What's the story there? Because I don't even think I, I actually know what kind of sparked this. Probably began before I was even around. Mm. Um, my grandpa built sprint cars, oh, okay. which are like dirt track race cars. Mm. Um, he built those for years, long before I was born. Um, that was kind of a, the family thing. Mm-hmm. Right? He was building race cars in their garage and yeah. always owned junkyards and body shops and all that kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how my dad earned his rite of passage right. uh, with my grandpa at the time, was helping him work on the race cars and stuff, mm-hmm. sprint cars back in the day. So, yeah, I mean, my grandpa was always, always fiddling with automotive something. And obviously my mom was an only child so he didn't have a son to shed that on so my mom picked that all up and so I imagine early on in my life I can always remember having some sort of hot wheel or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. so that probably planted the seeds and mm-hmm. you just gravitate towards those things I suppose and yeah uh, yeah it just has spiraled into a 
dangerous and costly obsession at this point. But yeah. So be it. Everybody's got to have a vice. Yeah, one hundred percent. And so, um, like, how supportive have your parents been? Um, in what capacity? Because um, they can kind of, you know, set the Hot Wheels inspiration. But like, what kind of role have they sort of played? Like, kind yeah, of crafting my it a little have bit. Been extremely supportive. I mean, obviously, at the age of trying to get a license and things like that, right? I mean, they gave me way more leeway mm-hmm. than they probably should have, or what was probably responsible at the time. Right. Um, I can remember being 11, 12 years old, mm-hmm. already itching on a daily basis to, you know, want to be driving and get my license and things. And mm-hmm. I, I made a wager with my dad, and I said, "Hey, if I get all A's." Mm-hmm. No slip-ups until I get my license. Can I get whatever car I want? Right, right. And he was like, yeah, sure. This kid's going to mess up at some point. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> so I, just, I made that my life's mission. I was, right. like, I was like, cool, I'm drilling in on that. Yeah. And uh, time came and, you know, as it got closer and I was continuing to be successful, there were like certain constraints <laughs> that kept getting added to it. Right, right. But I mean, even still, the, you know, the... My first car was way more than is ever even remotely reasonable for someone mm. that age. Mm. So from that aspect, yeah, my parents were extremely supportive of that. For sure. Um, and held up their end of the bargain in many yeah. respects. I mean, I found this car online in Idaho. And I was like, this is the one I want. Yeah. Like, this this dude. Ass, dude. This he's he's really going to push this to And it. he's going to pull trig on it. And yeah, so I remember they literally wired this random stranger money. And they were like, yeah, the truck's supposed to go pick it up on the, like. Bruh. So they completely took the leap of faith. Yeah. And I was pretty diligent about doing my research. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, they knew that I, that that was my passion. And I right. worked all these years to try and, right. you know, right. pin my parents on that obligation that they yeah. made to me. Um, but yeah, it's a very roundabout way of saying they've always just been yeah. super supportive of that and encouraging of that. Was it like a Craigslist ad? I was deep in the forums Somewhere. at that point. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, okay. BMW forums. And, right, right. Yeah, so. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, they they were extremely supportive. They always made it exceedingly clear, like, all right, you've got this, and this mm-hmm. is very much a gift and something that is you know to be cherished. Right. But if you get a speeding ticket, it's over. You're done. You're taking that back. You're done. You can get dropped off and picked up from school. So and so, not one. Never. I've never even been pulled over. So wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I think I'm at like six times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Whoa, six N- times. Not a single ticket. No. For way. like random things like lights, tags. There was just a couple speeding times, but it was like eighty on the freeway. In the HOV lane, oh, and they were yeah. always like, you had your grandma yeah, in the car, uh, so. my mom, and I was on a shoot, and it was my mom, but yeah. yeah, yeah, so never got one, but that's that's crazy. Not a single one in this fast, ridiculous car. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think that's all amazing. that just begins from them putting those constraints. Like, right. Hey, don't right. Don't mess this up. Yeah. It's like okay, yeah, it's probably yeah. it's probably good. I can't mess this up. Totally, totally. I can count on. I can count on two hands the mm. number of times I've done something genuinely reckless in a car. Yeah. 
haven't done it in a while. Sure. You were certainly there to witness one. Yeah. We're going to spare the details. We'll spare it? Okay. But, fair, fair, fair. Um, yeah. I, I've had a few instances that also kind of set your perspective mm-hmm. or witness things happen. Right. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably not as good of a driver as I think I am. <laughs> I need am. to chill. <laughs> and that's been many times over. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, I try to be... Try to be pretty moderate. Totally enjoying this hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, like the the thread there was like working hard to earn this car, um, and I think over the course of I guess now nineteen years, I think the thing I admire most about you is like your work ethic. You work hard. So how did that develop, and what dividends would you say that sort of investment? Mm-hmm has has paid out for you yeah it's interesting i mean i I find that i never really thought about it as hard work sure i still necessarily i I don't necessarily see it as hard work Mm -hmm. Uh, i kind of see it more as like an obligation that i have Mm -hmm. to whatever i've committed to Mm -hmm. so when i was in school my parents very much framed it as hey this is your job right Right? your job is to go to school and do well in school Mm mm-hmm you can have fun and do all these other things, right? but your primary job is to do well in school. Mm-hmm. So I think just that kind of frame of mind of realizing like, okay, this is my obligation to do this mm-hmm. um, certainly played a role. Um, my dad was a huge role model in that mm. element of just kind of where I think I get my work ethic from. Right. You know, he started, he started working on a, you know, daily basis at the age of, 13 I think Jeez. he worked for his uh, uncle at the time in greenhouses okay because he was one of six siblings and it was like hey you ain't you know yeah. you want a car go buy yourself a car yeah, earn all it. these things yeah exactly yeah and so all through my life he's I mean has always been extremely hardworking. working mm-hmm. um, probably too much so in some ways and, sure. and he would even admit that mm-hmm so I think the combination of my parents framing it as, hey, this is your obligation, this is your job, mm-hmm. go do it as well as you can. Yeah. Um, and also watching my dad work as hard as he did my entire life. Right. It just didn't, it didn't feel right to do anything less than like maximum effort in right. school when I saw my dad you know, get up at 5 a.m. and go right. to work and come home at 8 p.m. and then right. get on a plane and leave. It was just like... I'm messing around. I'm not deserving of anything I have if right. he's doing all this and I'm over here, you know, right. screwing around. Yeah. So I think some of that was just fear driven sure. in some ways. Of like, sure. Oh, I don't want to let my parents down. Yeah. And then there's momentum that's gained there and that I, that became a part of my identity as hmm. well. Like I wasn't great at sports I played sports I was somewhat athletic but I wasn't great at sports I knew that was never going to be my <laughs> yeah I think <laughs> my breakthrough I learned that pretty quickly I was like oh I'm a little dude freshman year football yeah, like, yeah sports is, is <laughs> <really fun. laughs> real fair um, so it's like it wasn't going to be sports I was never super social so right that right, didn't right. have the returns that it you know has for some other people and mm. so yeah part of that was just becoming my identity mm-hmm. really in school of okay I'm a you know 
not even that I'm more intelligent, but I know how to do this school thing. Like I found the pattern, right? And I know how to play the system. Work the I know system. How to play the game, mm-hmm. and that sets me apart from other people in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think there's just any sort of success that anybody has, no matter what it is. For me, it's been school, and that's kind of translated into work and career. Mm-hmm. Like I found a way to play the game mm-hmm. and to operate in that system very well. But even like right now at work, I work from home, and I log on at seven, and I'm off at three, and I'm kind of tinkering around with other stuff throughout the like. It doesn't feel like hard work. It just right. I know how to play the game well, yeah. and I know how to direct my efforts appropriately when it really needs to happen. When it's called upon. So that's why, in some ways, it doesn't really seem fair to say that I work hard because it doesn't right. really feel like hard work. Mm. It just feels like I've found the best way to be good at whatever game I decide to play. Right. That's genius. <laughs> I honestly think, I think it's so. lazy. I think that's... Sure. Like, I'm trying to maximize the returns with minimal input. Right. So, <laughs> and, like, hop on the system and then kind of automate, in essence. Yeah, just, like, find your find your groove. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I think... And I've had these conversations with other people recently. Mm-hmm. There's also elements of focusing too much on school mm-hmm. that, you know, I ignored other parts of my life. Right. Or, you know, didn't lean as much into kind of being social and chasing mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Right. Um, so it's a trade-off. Um, I think I've learned a lot from my dad, especially in having conversations since he's retired. Mm-hmm. You know, he looks back and reflects on his life and realizes, yeah. like, yeah, there's a lot that I missed out on, too. Yeah because I was spending so much time focused on work. So, yeah, there's a balance to be had. I'm still trying to find that balance. Yeah. It'll be an ongoing forever process, but. Yeah, it's a fine line, Um, right? Too much and not enough of that work ethic, in essence, or like doing things correctly, right? So So I I think the maybe the, the filter of the crap or like the bad parts of it right is sort of thinking about how may how i may raise my children Hmm. right that may be a good filter like what are some of those things that are in that filter or that get filtered out right so when you're thinking about maybe in the future like having kids right what are some of those things that you may want to keep or you may want to kind of toss out like what are the lessons there from your own life and experience yeah, that's, I mean, that's tricky. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, the older I get, the more I realize that raising kids seems like such a roll of the dice. Yeah. Because I can look back on, you know, where I'm at and, you know, there's obviously a lot I'm not very good at or you know, sure. a lot of things I have to improve on. But in general, I'm pretty pleased where I'm at mm-hmm. in life. I can look back and say, oh, yeah, I made these trade-offs and I missed out on things that maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't have. But also on the flip side, I'm glad I had that, you know, work ethic or I could bake my identity into school. Because mm-hmm. if I didn't have that, I don't know if I'd have much else, to be quite honest with you. Right. So when you start to then translate into that, to the conversation of how would I use these approaches or take these lessons that I've learned and try to apply that to kids, mm-hmm. it's something I'm not equipped to think yeah. about, which is probably yeah, good because yeah. I don't intend on having kids anytime <laughs> soon so. yeah no I feel that man but I mean how about for yourself I mean this 
this notion of hard work or work ethic. Mm-hmm. How do you phrase that or how do you frame that in your own life or trying to find the balance of doing what you enjoy, doing what you want to do, but also mm-hmm. dedicating yourself to something and you know, committing to hard work in some areas. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of difficult for me as I'm trying to navigate the journey in and of myself. Um, you know, there are days where I can rack up 15 things on my to-do list and it's like I kind of measure success on that day by like the percentage of things that I knocked off right on that to-do list and then I can reflect on it at night and say like, okay, I can maybe work harder maybe I, or like maybe I can complete more um, versus like actually working harder, but maybe I can complete more. Um, but then there are days where like I have two things and like a lot of the day is spent, you know, playing at like Apex or, you know, on Instagram or going to random shops and spending time in different places or whatever. And so it's like, it, it's uh, doing what I feel is appropriate at the time um, and really questioning like, is this something that is worth doing right now? So like, am I actually gonna enjoy playing Apex for like, you know, two or three hours in the middle of the day, right? Um, when there's like options to be able to like learn something on Adobe Premiere or something, you know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like the balance of those things Um, but I mean, when I kind of, you know, when I have that task list, it's very clear that like, that's a good metric of like how hard I'm working, especially with something that's so arbitrary with like the field and creative, there's really no, there's no hard KPIs. And like, I'm the one that's obligated to myself. Whereas like a lot of people even yourself, like oftentimes are obligated to other, other people and other things. And so it's really working through that obligation to myself and like, okay, we're, what, what are my standards and can I hold myself to those consistently? Yeah, because that's, and we've had conversations about this in the past, that's what seems to be the most difficult part of this mm-hmm. solo creative journey for sure. that you're on and have been on for a while is you need at least it seems like from the outside that you need this time to relax or go mess around in a shop or, you know, go do something to get inspiration or mm-hmm. just to kind of clear your mind and give yourself that ability to think freely or try right. to enter that flow state. Yeah. But also the sense of accountability <laughs> that you hold for yourself, like you said, is yeah. very arbitrary and it's very yeah. self-defined, which seems like it would be pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. How do you then also gauge that or kind of temper your expectations with something like social media and you mm-hmm. know, observing what everybody else is doing? Right. Potentially at the top of a game, or, you know, <laughs> doing it at the highest level. How do you phrase your, frame your own actions or your own kind of desires within that? Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh there's a fine line between wasting time and like finding inspiration, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I think, um, you know, the, I, I follow a lot of other photographers. I follow a lot of other like designers and people who just have like cool lifestyles or what I would define as like cool lifestyles. Um, and so it, it helps a little bit, but it's like, there's always this bug in the back of my head. That's like, okay, 
could you be recording a podcast could you be doing this that and the other um and it's like sometimes like i give in i'm like no it's not something i want to do um but i think um it gets tricky because like in this field it's not always consistent right like i think i'm about to come up on a really really good month in september but like in august <laughs> it was not a great month right and so it's one of those things that's just kind of like okay there's going to be ebb and flows but what systems can i sort of put in, into place um that'll help me remain as level as possible um and you know then that's when like character comes out is like can i set can i set that standard can i set that baseline in systems of whether it's finances or whether it's some faith whether it's with my family that like okay as long as i'm doing like these things cool it was a good day it was a good week um whatever it may be so yeah do you think a lot about the notion of, kind of short-term gain versus long-term gain in your actions? It's like this sense of delayed gratification. Do you think about that on a consistent basis? I have a lot more recently now. Since I started the, the 75 Hard program, Like that's been something that's come up a lot. Is like, is this is this decision going to be beneficial for my body or not beneficial for my body? And I've seen that kind of bleed into, like, uh, into like the rest of my life. It's like, um, <laughs> you know, it, it is me creating my reel right now, even though it may like suck having to go through all the footage. <laughs> like, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there, so it's gonna it could suck being in the footage, but like long-term having something that's updated like that is it's a really good thing to have and something that you can push and sell um but as of uh, as of late yes but usually no my metric has always just been finish that task list and mm. and uh and then once you get through that you're cool i mean in a lot of ways that embodies the kind of gary v mentality of mm. long-term patient patience short-term forget exactly how he phrases it like day-to-day speed yeah yeah exercise patience over the long term Mm -hmm. but on the micro level you should be working as hard as you can and as quickly as you can yeah so that's kind of where i could see this idea of hey i've just got my task list Mm -hmm. every day my focus is burned through this task list yeah like if i can successfully get over that hurdle every day Mm -hmm. those become compound compounding effects over time yeah but it's interesting with the 75 hard that that's reframed your perspective on things. Because mm-hmm. with the 75 hard, you're locked in for 75 yeah, good days. Luck. Yeah. So at the bare minimum, you can't look beyond 75 days, I right. imagine. If you're right. trying to search for, like, what are my results going to be? What's the ultimate outcome of this going to be? Mm-hmm. Like, it's all a cumulative effort for mm-hmm. a period of 75 days. Right. So, so you're you bought have in. to be like, in. There's no point in thinking about, oh, what does my progress look like today? Right. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Whether I see the progress I want or I don't, because yeah. I'm bought in for at least 75 days anyways. Right. Is that kind of how you think about it? Or is it a bit different when you start to rationalize the kind of delayed gratification for something like 75 hard? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the mentality is 
when I wake up, it's like another opportunity to do it. So it feels fresh. It's like day one. And so there's almost this like, okay, we're doing this all over again. Let's go. Right. And so there isn't much reflection on what has happened. And there's very much less like <laughs> looking into the future of like what's going to happen in like a week or where I'm going to be at in a week. Hmm. There's very much like I have this day today and I have to get through this stuff and cross off these tasks. And then I get, when I wake up, we do it all over again. Um, which is nice because it's like living in the present, right? Like you're living in like now, you got these things, you got to do them. It's very cut and dry. But do you feel like, do you, do you feel like that's something that can translate like in your life now? Or like that is, that makes itself like that dichotomy of, you know, living now versus, or like living in the present versus like living past or future. Is that something that you kind of bounce around with, with work, with like, how do you kind of navigate that? Yeah, that's, I found that that's really difficult for myself because there's always something, I tend to be pretty self-critical. Yeah. So when I'm looking at where I'm at now, there's always things to nitpick. Sure. Like things to wish that they were better or that I was better at or that I did less of or something to that effect and it's really attractive to kind of live in this space in my head of mm. yeah, this is where I envision myself right. going or this is who I envision myself becoming so it's hard not to get caught up in that and instead translate that into kind of the approach you've taken which is okay, yeah, that's great, and I should set my sights on that and mm. kind of aim for that, but on a day-to-day -day basis, what does that actually does that? look like? Right. So it, it's, it's tricky. I mean, it's something that I definitely still kind of wrestle with on a day-to-day -day basis. It's life. But I mean, on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, yeah, and that's, right. and that's part the essence. of the <laughs> existential struggle of being a person I guess for sure if we want to get really meta here but yeah but yeah I mean it, it, it's definitely tough I don't I don't think about the past much yeah and I think I've gotten pretty good at managing expectations okay or really having no expectations at all mm -hmm. which is a way that I've tried to manage this notion of living in the present Mm. that I don't I really don't have any expectations for anything mm. moving forward and I feel like there's a small difference between expectations versus how I want things to be right, right. I definitely have an idea of how I want things to be it'd be nice I, if they played out like this yeah yeah but I don't like a small example would be when I studied abroad in London mm -hmm. I was very intentional in the months leading up to that about not thinking about it at all. Mm. About not fantasizing about what I wanted it to be like or what mm. I wanted to do or what I wanted right. to see or where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. I was super intentional about, like, yeah, I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah. And I think I've kind of drawn that out now into the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Whether it's starting a new job or, yeah. like, I don't know, going to a show or something like that. Mm -hmm. I really try actively to have no expectations yeah. of things. And like, we'll wait and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. 
which I think some people would argue is maybe kind of a bleak way to go about life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's stoic for sure. Yeah, I just I try not to get... This is sound rough, but like I really try not to get excited about anything. Yeah, you can't. You can't, cause it'll kill you, bro. Well, you just get let down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, part. bro. And then that's like, and and then it's just rough. But yeah, totally. No, I totally agree. But uh, as we close out, man, I'll throw you on the hot seat real quick. So I'm gonna ask you some rapid fire questions, and you just gotta, you just gotta answer them. What comes top of mind? Right. Um, Drake versus Kanye. Drake or Kanye? If I could only have one to like listen to or live forever, I'd take Drake. Okay. Um, I, think, I think on a day-to-day basis, it's more. It's more interesting. Like yeah. It, yeah. It just has more of an impact. Yeah. Kanye is very fascinating, but. Yeah. I, uh-huh. I could live without, I guess. Um, fruits or vegetables? Fruit. Um, Nike or Adidas? Nike. Hawaii or Africa? Africa. Um, Lambo or Rolls Royce? Lamborghini. I could never take myself seriously. (laughs) Rolls Royce. (laughs) You gotta think that's good. Really cool. You do. You <laughs> have to, bro. You Which have is to. Fine if you've got that <laughs> swag and you, that's you, but no way. You can't see yourself getting out of one. Picture is that what it is? I can't do it. I can't do it, bro. I look way yeah. too geeky. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's just taking yourself too seriously. At that's least good, for man. me. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. Well, good stuff, bro. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, man. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be the first one, and you wrapped it up, man. Well. I'm flattered you think I'm interesting enough to talk to. 100%. Yeah. Always, bro. I imagine this conversation may have convinced people <laughs> otherwise, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm excited to see what you do with this. I think it's a really cool project. So. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. Any last words? Stay tuned for episode two. Let's go. Thank you.